Talk Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and this is my coronavirus mask. But I'm going to have to take it off. I am just alone in my basement right now. That's just it's like... You have an excuse to wear a mask. You wear, you wear the mask, right? Especially if it's that cool. Everyone wants a Spider-Man mask. Now I can read my notes. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, despite the racist asshole down at uh, Richmond flexing his authoritarianism, FXBG uh, Public Radio is still able to bring you content during this pandemic lockdown. All due to the miracles of modern technology and the genius of our producer slash owner, EK the DJ, it's like, once this, <laughs> you don't get to see him, but I see him. And so, uh, all the, after, I mean, seriously, within, like, what was it, three hours, EK? After this order got pro, uh, passed down, lockdown order here in Virginia, within a couple of hours, EK found a way for us to continue the show. The show must go on. And so, you know, people don't know how much, uh, how much effort he puts into this to give us a a professional uh, quality entertainment that we we can content that we can put out. So, uh, okay, the DJ he likes to stay uh, behind the scenes, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because he's way better looking than I am. But I mean, here it, it's it's amazing what we can do these days. If you had talked to me, in, I don't know, like 1995 when I graduated high school, it exactly what is going on now. We're using multiple different softwares and uh, using my own personal phone and so forth so as a camera, uh, using my Bluetooth as a device. If I, if I tried to explain that to 1995 me, you would, I wouldn't believe me. I wouldn't believe me. So the bad news is I'm not sure um, how good the audio quality is going to be, so I may put out the whole video up on YouTube just because it's lower quality. And um, <laughs> But the good news is that I can smoke now. So, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty much showering after every time of my shit. So, um, I'm just not the kind of guy who ever figured out the three seashells or don't feel like wiping my ass with corn cobs and leaves. All right? I just, I'm just so curious at these bidet companies, bidet, bidet, bidet companies, because I guarantee you they're behind this entire buyout of all the toilet paper. Toilet paper. <laughs> Behind the buyout of all this toilet paper. Because I guarantee you, these today companies, as soon as the news of the coronavirus is hit, they're like, go buy all the toilet paper to force people to buy our bidets. Anyway, so uh, if you're interested, you know, bidets are probably a good option. It's time to upgrade, <laughs> I suppose. Because they are quite cheap, and I guarantee you, I'm not making any money from any bidet companies. But I've seen them, I've never used them. I'm uncomfortable about water squirted up my ass. I got, I got to ease myself into it in my own private bath. It's very weird. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's what's going on. Big <laughs> <Hey>, companies. <clears throat> Have you ever got gotten a feeling that this COVID-19 thing is like snow days? You, you know how snow days go, right? People are always talking like the day before, before a snow day. And like, oh, oh, maybe it'll be a snow day. We want to go to work. 
know, schools will be closed. We get like a free day off. It's like an extra day off. And a lot of people are treating the COVID-19 thing kind of like that, you know, uh, and I, I don't think that that's a good, good thing. I mean, because after all, during the snow days, are we really trapped by the snow? Really? But state New York, uh, yeah, you, you could get like two feet of snow and okay, you know, we'll open two hours late so you can shovel out your driveway. All right. When I lived down in Georgia, uh, we got like, it snowed once there. It, it was a dusting and people like shut everything down for two days and people were buying chains to put on uh, tires. All right. It's crazy. It's crazy. We're not really trapped by the snow and we're really not really trapped by COVID-19. I could be at the studio right now, but to be honest, when this order came down uh, from Richmond about, you know, you know, no big gatherers and stuff like that, I mean, first of all, it makes sense. Slow the spread, you know, don't pat over tax the, the, the medical industry. And so, um, um, yeah, something just happened on that. I hope everything's okay at the studio, but um, here, here's the thing. You know, Okay. Um, so it's not really that dangerous, you know, but we're playing it safe. And plus, I think that once the order came down, EK was like, I wonder if we could do this. You know, if Ben Shapiro, <laughs> if Ben Shapiro can do it from home, why can't we? We have the same technology at our fingertips. And that's kind of the miracle of modern technology is that we have this technology where uh, news and entertainment is all fairly cheaply produced and that's why the big networks are trembling man that's why they're trembling is because of uh the little guys there's there's little there's littler guys like me and then there's bigger guys like steven crowder who uh by the way this month louder crowder is like putting out all all their behind the paywall stuff so i don't know i kind of like the idea of giveaways uh, i put up whole episodes on youtube before and I, I may do it again depending on the quality of the audio so um or how lazy I am later. I mean, I am drinking beer. Speaking of Ben Shapiro, that reminds me. Um, yeah, it just seems like COVID-19 is like people are using it as an excuse to play hook. I don't get that. Because, um, I mean, what's life without work? Speaking of 1995 me, if I said if I had said something to him, like, what's life without work? He would have laughed in my face. Like work is fucking useless. You'd say, <laughs> "Wow, maturity is a funny thing." Anyway, so um, this I, this reminds me of a ben Shapiro dream I had. I didn't dream about Ben. Well, I guess technically I did dream about Ben Shapiro. Now, uh, but the dream was in the dream I was in a break room at this company, and I was making out with this girl. I had my hand down her pants, I'm like kissing her neck and stuff like that, and she's enjoying it, of course. And you know, it's all a lie, fantasy in my head, obviously. And all of a sudden, she's like, I hear someone coming. I hear someone coming. And we stop, and we kind of just like uh, walk away from each other, lean up against the counters and stuff like that. And Ben Shapiro walks in. I realized, oh, shit, I'm in the break room of the Daily Wire. <laughs> ben Shapiro just turns and glances at us, and he says, this break, this break room smells like pussy. <laughs> and then I woke up. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but, I, you know, that's how my brain works. Like, here, the idea of hearing Ben Shapiro say something like that is hilarious to me it's the kind of joke that wakes you up you ever you ever constructed a joke accidentally in your head and you crack yourself up this guy has 
this guy has. Um, so here's something that I found a little bit disturbing. Uh, I've heard some people saying that this pandemic will drastically change how humanity interacts even after all of this is over, even after all this COVID-19 stuff is over, that it could fundamentally change how humanity interacts. And so we may have to say goodbye to handshakes. We may have to say goodbye to high fives, you know, fist bumps, gaps, all of that. I'm sorry. I don't want to live in that kind of world. I mean, I'm not the most touchy-feely guy that lives on Earth, so, ah, shit, I'll keep it. But, I mean, even cold and cynical dudes need a hug sometimes. Italy's weakness was because they are so social and close with each other. In fact, the world loves Italians. I mean, their pasta is awesome, too, obviously. But a lot of these Mediterranean cultures, you know, the original melting pot in Mediterranean, they're all very family-oriented and very close with uh, all, all the age ranges of their family. And it's, it's not like here in America where there's a ton of people, like, uh, we, we, we lock up our nursing homes or we lock up our children in daycares, you know, both of which are germ factories. <laughs> anyway, so my point is, is that I don't want to live in a world where the people of Italy – uh, are wiped out and they won't be, they won't be. All right. But rather that cold and impersonal societies uh, thrive under these new, new rules. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You cannot change the fundamental fact that humans are social creatures. We're pack animals and we need physical contact. And I don't think any kind of disease is going to change, change anything like that. Anyway, so I don't think humanity could ever say goodbye to the, the you know, oh, love you, dog, the got me up, fam. I don't think we'd ever lose that because that's not who we are. We aren't the kind of guys to, like, uh, tap each other's shoes. <laughs> See people do that? They, like, greet by tapping each other's shoes. That's fucking ridiculous. I mean, I'm not saying it's... it's it's a bad idea to avoid that kind of physical contact now. What I'm saying is that humanity could never lose that. You know, people are lonely right now. And we're just a couple of weeks into this. So let me ask you something. If a wizard came to you and he said, um, I can guarantee you, your mother, I can guarantee you, your grandmother is will live another 50 years, but you can never hug her again. Would you take that deal? Think about that. Think about that. Anyway, so let's talk about Tiger Queen. I mean, uh, Tiger King, because uh, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's seen it. I mean, it's funny as I got uh, my friend Jonathan, he sent me a meme uh, of Tiger King, Tiger King meme. Without ever, we never discuss is like, what are you watching on Netflix or anything? Not even thinking that or talking or knowing that I've seen the show. But I have, obviously, and that's why I reacted to the meme because it was pretty funny. So <clears throat> I think that that's interesting that people do that. They'll assume you've seen it already. I mean, and, you know, it's been out for a couple weeks uh, now, and I've really put off watching it. I was actually watching fucking Deep Space Nine episodes before I watched that. 
until everyone started talking about this. And now I'm just like, well, okay. Guess I'll watch it, talk about it. And it's worth watching and talking about it. First of all, I will say it's extremely well formatted, shot, edited. The post-production is flawless, really, really good. And um, I don't, uh, I, I know what I painted in the, in the ass of this to edit video um, because I mean, because I do it. I edit video and I don't, you know, really get paid for it. But let's talk to the subject matter of the show. Let's talk about tigers. Let's talk about and what you crazy fuckers are doing. You make me feel like I have to carry a handgun everywhere I go. Not that I'm ever not armed, but my brain, my girth, and my blade are nothing against the tiger that is stalking me. What the fuck are you people doing breeding these things? Big cats are super fucking dangerous. Why the fuck breed them at all? Evolution has a purpose, assholes. Seriously, I don't like animals in cages. I think they should be allowed to live in the wild. I think that, you know, nothing depresses me more than a bird in a cage. It's like birds don't belong in I'm sorry. And people who own birds are usually fucking crazy. So here's the thing. I think they should believe they should live in the wild. I think we should be breeding them. We already fucked up a bunch of species by breeding them too much, like these suburban horses, oxen, cows, dogs, cats. Look what we did to dogs and cats. Breed, breeding them. <sighs> breeding them into little tiny Dogs that piss in your purse. That's my title for the, of the show. Pissing in your purse. Okay, well, let's talk more about the show. Um, yeah, I mean, we need to cull the herd of dangerous or overpopulated animals. And so, for the, I mean, for the simple, for the sake of anyone who's even been partially eaten by a tiger. Speaking of which, that Carol bitch, she is probably super hot for 20. And um, if if I were a complete sort like her current husband, I might have been able to have been talked into almost anything. Did you see her watching him every time he's talking, like watching him like a hawk? You better not fuck this up. Woo! That's rough. Yeah. So you know what a <laughs> this show, what a cavalcade of American scumbag. You know, um, a lot of us who, I guess my generation and so forth, we knew people who owned uh, growing up. And they're usually fucking weirdos, all right? Weirdos like uh, uh, exotic pets. You know a guy that has a boa constrictor? He's probably a fucking weirdo. He probably showed you the boa constrictor after he showed you some porn. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is just a simple fact that, like, growing up is, like, everyone has an instinct to know that these people are 100% completely sketchy douchebags. So, I think that that's what's interesting about this show is that that people they smell the bullshit. They smell the bullshit coming off of this people through their screens. It's like you are some shady motherfuckers, and I just love that. It's, like, it's a, a visceral or gut uh, gut reaction to these characters where you're just like, oh my god, what a fucking sleazeball! You know, like that doctor mysticism guy <laughs> with his harem girls in leather pants <laughs> what a fucking crazy crazy show 
you haven't seen it, I'm, I'm probably spoiling the fuck out of it for you. But I mean, what a cavalcade of douchebags. Um, yeah, there's pretty much no one uh, that's a redeemable character. I do like that John Ranky guy, you know, the dude with the awesome leg. He seems, he might, he seems like he might be cool to have a beer with. Like, hey, John Ranky, let's go get a beer. And he's like, you want to do some meth first? And he's like, no, nah, I'll, I'll meet you in the bar, though. <laughs> I would hang with him. Um, and I don't know what it is, but Amanda Green, the federal prosecutor, I don't know if, she, she, if it's possible she could be trans or a lesbian or something like that, but she get it. I don't know what it is with short-haired blondes, but whew, she's a very matter-of-fact, by-the-book, facts kind of lady. and just like, you will insert your genitalia into my genitalia repeatedly, and you will not orgasm before I do, or else I'll humiliate you in front of your friends, family, and social media. Something hot about that to me. I don't know what it is. Anyway, yeah, short-haired blondes are kind of close second to gingers. So Tiger King, 10 out of 13 stars, impressive post-production, but minus three stars for making the commission of this meth-head creepy drama bullshit. Holy cow. You put the tigers down, you put these people down, put, put their sister wives down, they're, oh, poor, poor old people. And what's funny is that, you know, the Tiger King, he's a... He's, he's like probably the only gay man in town, but he became a sugar daddy to two straight dudes. What the hell? What the hell? And I will say this. I don't think you're completely straight if you do a sugar daddy deal with a dude. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to say anything mean about trans trans people, but I mean, I don't think you're completely straight if you want to have sex with any kind of trans person. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Went all Seinfeld. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, I think we're, we seem to be moving a pretty good clip. So I had these supervillain plots uh, that I wrote down, and I, uh, I was talking to you about it uh, earlier this week. And uh, I was like, should I present them all at one time, or should I just give them a couple? Because what I want to do is I want to give you a glimpse into like supervillain plot number 45 through 54, which I think are just the more interesting plots that I've, uh, I've had that aren't just, you know, cruel world domination, you know, wipe out all people kind of, you know, wipe out humanity kind of thing, even though it's a crossover with these supervillain plots. But I was like, if I, because it, it's what, like nine? Yeah, it's, it's nine uh, uh, different plots. It'll take a half hour just to go talk, talk through all of them. So I'm just going to give you three at a time. So um, this is supervillain plot number 45. How much halon gas do you think that humanity can produce, could produce, and shoot in a multitude of rockets at the sun? Now, here's the idea. Imagine that I've already taken over the world and that I could, I'm in control of all of uh, uh, our industries and so forth. Um, and... We start just as humanity start producing as much halon gas rockets as possible, and in a concerted effort, shoot them all at the same time towards the sun, designed to hit them, hit the sun at the same time. Why would they? Why would anyone want to do this? You may you may be asking. Well, to snuff out the sun, of course. You snuff out the sun. Eventually, all life on Earth will die. All life in the solar system will die. The all the planets start just drifting randomly. Well, not really randomly. I guess they could be projected, but they'll just start drifting. 
getting colder and colder and colder until we all die. And uh, just to say you did it, you know, just to be that guy walking around Earth just gets colder and colder and we're all freezing to death in, in complete darkness. You could say, that madman there, that madman there, he, he, he doomed us all. He, he just wiped out an entire solar system, but he wiped out an entire solar system. He snuffed out the sun. Bragging, bragging rights as all of humanity goes into non-existence. <laughs> He's supervillain plot, obviously. Supervillain plot number 46. Um, you send a giant rocket designed as a drill. Right? Send it straight towards Mercury and you time it so you end up in, in the shadow of Mercury. You have it land at the edge of the shadow and you immediately start burrowing into Mercury. Start burrowing, burrowing, burrowing until you get, you know, a couple miles on the surface. You know, you uh, collapse some rock around because when that sun comes comes around, that's going to be a real big problem. And then you just have a bunch of people, like, um, drill all these caves all around Mercury, just explosives, explosives, nuclear weapons, all sorts of nukes all over the planet. And then uh, you blow the fuck up out of Mercury. You blow up Mercury. Why? It's useless. What do we need it for? What is it there for? It's useless. Supervillain plot number 47. How much algae in water do you think humanity could produce and shoot in a multitude of rockets at Venus? Very similar to the sun idea, but the idea is to send water and algae to Venus. And so there may be that um, the algae will start pro uh, producing oxygen uh, while eating up the, um, the carbon dioxide in Venus. And eventually you could terraform if you kept doing this over like hundreds of thousands of years, possibly. I mean, it's, this is a long-term supervillain plan, obviously. Multi-generational. Like my great, 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 you know, grandchildren, if they ever exist, um, will be finishing up this plan. <laughs> so you just keep shooting algae and water at, at Venus. Eventually, maybe the atmosphere will thin. Maybe, you know, we can start, um, so it's like a long, long-term terraforming mission. I just think that's, interesting it's a little bit kinder than snuffing out the sun or just blowing up mercury for the hell of it but i mean it's it could be an interesting long-term project if you're a bored supervillain who already took control of the entire world so that's three of my supervillain plots that and I'll, I'll i'll definitely come back next week with three more and uh we'll see we'll see what happens i'll i'll, I'll tell you all and hopefully you'll um back me up on my plans to wipe out all humanity and take control of the world Go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and become a henchman. <laughs> should probably change that. <laughs> Instead of, you know, a donor or uh, what was it? I forget the name of it. The first tier, I'd be a henchman. <laughs> You're the Mad Band's henchman. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. Have you ever had to explain to somebody who's not a native-born American why Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean, or Johnny English or whatever like that. Have you ever had, ever had to explain why he's funny to Americans? You know, I have this boss, he's, uh, he's from a Middle Eastern country. I don't want to put him on blast or anything like that, but he, we have all these uh, TVs up around where I work. And on uh, one of them, he always puts on like Mr. Bean comments. And I don't know how to approach him about this subject because 
like, look, dude, that's just not funny. <laughs> and I, I don't know how to like uh, start this conversation or even how to explain to somebody who already knows three other languages, English is third language. And so it's um because there's a lot of nuance to why Rowan Atkinson is not funny to Americans. He's funny to other people. A lot of other people like him. You know, um, people like second world nations. <laughs> Sorry for being a dick, English. Sorry for being a dick. <laughs> anyway, so um, here's the thing about why Rowan Atkinson is not fun. America had uh, like Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, the Marx Brothers, and even. But here's the thing: it was like, um, uh, once the Second World War came around, uh, America got really, really cynical. I think it was after Pearl Harbor. Harbor where Americans just got really cynical and that whole slapstick kind of thing is starting, starting fading away. Uh, the, the three students, last vestige of it for a while. And so, I mean, yeah, because America got cynical, it's like, we don't like that kind of physical thing. Keep this on, you know, getting excited about every little fucking thing kind of <laughs> shtick that Mr. Bean has, you know, we don't find that funny anymore. But after the Second World War, um, it made it made us cynical, and it, re it refined our sense of humor. It refined our sense of humor to, into things like Lenny Bruce and George Carlin, and uh, you know, uh, the Sam Kinison kind of direction. And, and that's you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cynicism and anger, and it's not as palatable in many ways as like Rowan Atkinson's Mr. Bean and, and you know, Johnny English and stuff like that, because it's, it's all very shallow, but, and, but Sam Kennison, there's a lot of depth to that man, you know, and it's a, it's a river, you know, for a lot, even for George Carlin, and Lenny Bruce, you know, that's what, that's what American comedy is really all about. So, but when it, and so when it comes to today, comedy today, the most, uh, the most Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton comedy gets, is Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer taking his shirt off. One joke, one shtick, and he keeps fucking doing it like anyone wants to see that shit. I'm getting, you're funny as shit, Burt Kreischer, but quit fucking squealing. God damn. Ugh. Laughing at your own jokes, just squealing. Squealing away. Well, I went through those rants pretty nicely. Pretty nicely. Mm. Two points coming up. Good. So uh, I do not see chat, EK. Um, okay, so um, let's go ahead and get into the news worth knowing. I, I bet you I know who's in chat. <laughs> so uh, did you play the singer, the thingy? About this? What are you saying? Mic not working, bro. I'm going to assume that's an IES too that you played this thing. So let's get into the news we're going. Uh, DC residents could be jailed for leaving home during coronavirus lockdown. Okay, residents of Washington, DC could be jailed for up to 90 days if they violate the city's strict stay at home order announced Monday. The latest in a series of increasingly tough measures taken uh, across the country to stop the spread of coronavirus. Quote, our, our message remains to stay, the same a home. Mayor, Mayor Muriel Bowser uh, said it. 
Uh, staying at home is the best way to flatten the curve. Flatness, flattening the heels. That's how you say it. Flattening the curve and pr protect yourself, your family, and your entire community from COVID-19. Many people want to know how they can help right now. And for most people, this is how, by staying home. The order says that residents can leave to engage in essential activities such as obtaining medical care, food, uh, working at essential businesses and government functions, uh, essential travel, or, uh, quote, allowable recreational activities. I guess it would be quite long. The, the stay-at-home order is one of a number of such orders that have been put in place in cities and states across the country to stem the flow of the virus, but many of those orders do not carry uh, significant penalties for, for individuals. New York does not carry punishment for individuals, though it does include them for businesses. The DC goes into effect April 1st. It's much stricter, uh, warning of a much higher fine, even jail time, for those found in violation. We don't want you to get sick, so we're going to throw you in jail where you're more likely to get sick. Uh, quote, any individual who willfully violates the stay-at-home order will be guilty of a misdemeanor, and upon, are, are you prosecuting misdemeanor? Anyway, so... Or that there was a New York or somewhere. Anyway, upon conviction, subject to a, you are subject to a fine not exceeding $5,000 imprisonment, not more than 90 days or both. Quote, we have to enforce orders or they are worthless. The mayor told the D.C. Council members before she announced to the Washington Post. You know, you got to watch out for this authoritarian grab. You know, um, even, even Nancy Pelosi pork bill or the trying for the stimulus thing, you know, that, that's an authoritarian grab, you know, and it's happening all over the world. Authoritarian countries are using this, quote unquote, opportunity, opportunity to seize more power. And you got to, I mean, I'm, the rest of the world's fucked as far as I'm concerned. I'm, not, I'm America first. I'm Donald Trump guy. You know, I'm conservative. We need to be watching out for ourselves and we need to be watching out for authoritarians in our own government because they do exist. They, they used to be called social justice warriors. Now they're getting super fucking crazy. Watch out for that authoritarianism. People are going to be trying to make grabs for power while people are panicking. That's the nature of humanity. That's the, that's the way it's always worked. That's how power works. So we, we have to be vigilant, even though we're all stuck at home, <laughs> cleaning our guns. Let's go to the next story. Oh, boy, I'm going to have to end the show early. Through these. And is it an ironic? Don't you think? Coronavirus tests bound for the UK become contaminated with coronavirus. Is that a haiku? One, two, one, two, four, one, two. Coronavirus. Oh, hold on. Haiku. I don't know. I don't have time to do the math, as it were. Plus, I hate math. Oh, it's the worst. Anyway, the United Kingdom's efforts to ramp up public testing for coronavirus suffered a setback Monday after key components of some tests due to the imported, due to the imported, contaminated with the coronavirus. Eurofins Scientific, a testing laboratory company based in Luxembourg, sent an email Monday uh, informing government laboratories in the UK that delivery of key coats and primers for coronavirus tests would be delayed after traces of the coronavirus were found on the supply. The Daily Telegraph reported. Exactly. 
No, it isn't. No, it isn't. That's not irony, Alana. It's not clear how the email, in the email, how the test for the contam uh, became contaminated. Eurofin Scientific insisted other private coronavirus test suppliers have experienced similar problems. Oh, man. Turn 98. That's not irony. This is irony. Meanwhile, the British government has faced criticism for its slow rollout of coronavirus testing for the general public when compared to other wealthier nations, including the United States, Germany, and South Korea, the Telegraph reported. At least 1,400 deaths, uh, 1, deaths in the UK, which ranks sixth, sixth in the uh, worldwide tally of coronavirus deaths. The UK is the most infected nation, recording at least 22,465 confirmed cases by Tuesday, according to Johns Hopkins University. The government initially decided to only test those hospitalized with coronavirus symptoms and National Health Service staff for COVID-19. Until two weeks ago, only hospitals by the Public Health England were permitted to conduct coronavirus testing. Jesus, what's that guy's name? That British Prime Minister? He's a weird-looking dude, isn't he? <clears throat> PHE and Downing Street clashed over the weekend over unclear national testing figures. Yeah, he is a weird-looking dude, and it makes sense that he's a weird looking dude Bar sorry for this brief aside but here's the thing is that you know all the vikings they came in the, the hot people all over europe and you know people wonder why people <laughs> generally speaking rebecca Thelier is hot but i mean generally speaking british people are ugly sorry england i hope uh, i hope you don't unsubscribe but you know it's not my fault you're not i mean i'm ugly too i'm an american and i should be prettier you know but i'm not I'm ugly too, and so facts are facts. You know, the Vikings took all your hot people. Anyway, yeah, so PHE and Downing Street clashed over the weekend's over the unclear national testing figures. PHE said the UK now has a capacity to test 10,000 people per day. Uh, from Friday to Saturday morning, the Department of Health and Social Care reported less than 7,000 had undergone tests. PHE later said that just above 9,000 people had been tested within the same time frame. According to conflicting figures, both conflicting figures fell below capacity, drawing ire from the Prime Minister's office, according to the Guardian. <sighs> Ministers are pushing to conduct 25,000 tests a day by mid-April. Figures still far beneath Germany, 70,000 tested daily. The Guardian. Yeah, Guardian reports. Testing is crucial to those who test positive. Uh, so those who test positive can receive proper treatment in place in isolation sooner, preventing the spread of the infection. Uh, Anthony Costello, a global health professor at the University College London, told BBC Radio 4 that the UK also has mobile testing sites like those seen in Ireland, the United States, and elsewhere, as well as uh, uh, every larger private hospital in the country with coronavirus tests. We have 44 molecular biology labs. That's horrible. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop this. That's my fault. I'm really pissing off England today. Uh, we have 44 micro molecular virology viro labs <laughs> in the UK. If they were doing uh, 400 tests a day, we could be up to Germany's levels of testing, and it's perfectly feasible, Costello told the BBC. Public Health England was slow and controlled by only was slow and controlled it only allowed non-PHE labs to start testing two weeks ago, which was only after the strategy shift in the community testing. If you look at Korea, 
well, Korea had really had to deal with SARS. If you look at Korea, they have done 49,000 tests. That's three per million, uh, and they have suppressed the virus. I didn't see why we can't get these 44 to the mass uh, testing, and then and when we lock down all the Asian states, it was six to eight weeks, even in Wuhan, six to eight weeks, even in Wuhan. Then we have a control mechanism for which uh, which will enable which will enable us to wait without social distancing for the whole country for drugs or a vaccine for or herd immunity. Interesting. Uh, um, yeah, Korea reacted because they've been dealing with this thing from China for a long, long time. Korea is really close to China, and so like they had to deal with SARS and like all these other diseases that came from fucking China. I mean, isn't it ironic? <laughs> the, the test became contagious. So I guess does that make them like uh, unusable though? We're certainly as them. We just need to make sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, you're killing me, Smalls. Anyway, Amazon fires Staten Island warehouse worker who wanted coronavirus protection. Uh, Amazon has fired a worker at its Staten Island, New York warehouse after it helped organize a walkout over the company's coronavirus responses, alleging at risk. At risk. Christian Smalls had demanded that, Jeff, the, that the Jeff Bezos-led company close its Staten Island Fulfillment Center for a deep cleaning after a worker tested positive for COVID-19 in mid-March. Smalls, along with allegedly more than 100 workers walked off the job at approximately 12.30 p.m. Monday, the New York Post reported. There's 10 cases confirmed here, and the media only knows about one, Smalls told the news outlet. Yeah, that's all we want. See, he has that snow, snow day mentality. He wants to go home, play video games. Quote, somebody needs to be held accountable. Smalls said in an interview with the Post, I saw people get sick every single day. I sent people home symptoms, dizziness, vomiting, bloodshot eyes, puffy eyes, I've seen it all. They're just high. They're just high, dumbass. Uh, in a statement obtained by Fox News, an Amazon spokesman said Small was terminated because he violated several terms of his employment. You're killing me, Small! No, the actual quote is, Mr. Smalls received multiple warnings for violating social distancing guidelines and putting the safety of others at risk. Smalls doesn't sound like an Italian name. Uh, the spokesman said, quote, also found to, he was also found to have had close contact with diagnosed, a diagnosed associate with a confirmed case of COVID-19 and was asked to remain home with pay for 14 days, which is the measure we're taking at sites around the world. Despite the, that instruction to stay home with pay, he came on site today, March 30th, putting, uh, further putting other teams at risk. This is unacceptable, and we have terminated his employment as a result of these multiple safety issues. Uh, Fox News reached out to Smalls for a request for comment. Uh, Amazon also disputed that 100 workers walked out. Uh, the spokesman said 50 people, uh, 50 people participated in the demonstration, adding that their employees are heroes for fighting for the community. Uh, quote, like all business, businesses grappling with the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, we are working hard to keep employees safe while serving communities and the most vulnerable, the spokesperson added. 
We have taken extreme measures to keep people safe, uh, tripling down on deep cleaning, procedure safety supplies, uh, procuring safety supplies that are available, changing processes, processes or processes. Email me at madmanethicsbgpr.com. If you know, I don't know if it's processes or processes. Anyway, to ensure uh, those in our building are keeping safe distance and in Staten Island, we are now temperature checking everybody entering the facility. Do you think it's the ear thing? They're doing the like, like baby ear thing. That's cute. Anyway, so uh, I don't care about the COVID thing, man. I'm just like right now, my allergies are acting up. I'm sniffling all the time, and people looking at me like, "Is he is he infected?" It's like, it's not, let's not forget, it's still pollen season. <laughs> anyway, uh, New York attorney, attorney, <laughs> attorney uh, General Letitia James issued a statement saying it is uh, it is disgraceful the company terminated Smalls, who bravely stood up to protect himself and his colleagues. But why did he come in? In New York, the right to organize is codified into law, and any retaliatory or, uh, management relates thereto is strictly prohibited. Talks like the legal document. Asshole, James. Uh, she went on to say, at the time when so many New Yorkers are struggling and they are deeply concerned about their safety, this action was also immoral and inhumane. The Office of the Attorney General is considered all legal options, and now and I am calling on the Labor Relations Board to investigate this incident. A source familiar with Amazon noted that the company has boosted its pay for the Staten Island Fulfillment Center, as well as other fulfillment centers, giving workers an additional $2 per hour to top of the regular wages at the facility. I drank too many beers. <laughs> Stuck at home. What, what the hell else am I going to do? I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to eat sunflower seeds like I did last night. Ooh, what a hangover this morning. Uh, they also re uh, received double time uh, for overtime, and the company recently instituted daily temperature screenings. It houses about 2,500 employees. Earlier this month, a group of 40 U.S. senators, including Bernie Sanders and Cory Booker, wrote a letter to Bezos uh, expressing their concern about the health and the safety of Amazon warehouse uh, warehouses workers. Democratic uh, presidential candidate Sanders has been a vocal critic of Amazon. Because uh, it should be mine. It should be mine. It should all be the government's. <laughs> the uh, Washington Post, which is also owned by Bezos, reported that Amazon workers and warehouses around the country have tested positive for COVID-19. Earlier this month, an Amazon work, uh, warehouse worker in Queens uh, tested positive for COVID-19. It's the first known, known case of an Amazon warehouse employee being affected by the virus. On March 11th, Amazon announced it would give all employees diagnosed with COVID-19 and all those placed in the quarantine up to two weeks of pay. Is Amazon really the bad guy here? According to a source, because they still have to fulfill all those orders in New York. People need things. People don't want to leave. So Amazon has become a lifeline for many, many people in a highly affected zone like New York. I understand that your concern is like, wear your face mask, wash your hands, you know, hand sanitizer, latex gloves, find yourself a cool ass Spider-Man mask. But business needs to keep going. People need to still eat. People need to still wipe their asses. Deliver those bidets. 
your ass. I don't get it. Mmm. That's delicious. Yeah, we may end the show early. I don't know. I don't know why we're always stuck on the idea that it has to be an hour. I just want to get through and say what I need to say and then be on my way. Is that a haiku? I don't have time to do the math. Anyway, uh, well, I pulled up the same damn story. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, coronavirus fight creates alliance between healthcare workers and tattoo artists. Uh, personal peering, uh, piercings and permanent ink aren't the only things coronavirus heroes and tattoo shops have in common these days. Many body art businesses closed due to the CDC social distancing and prevention guidelines of COVID-19. Tattoo artists across the country have become an ally for healthcare workers who are seeking necessities like gloves and sterilizers that they can't find elsewhere. Excuse me. Carrie Henning, the owner of Cloud9 uh, Tattoo and Body Piercing in Birmingham, Alabama, had a background in infectious disease prevention prior to opening up her shop 14 years ago. Her shop is around the corner from UA, UAB University Hospital, and she is even surprised when the nurse practitioner in her area reached out on social media pleading for supplies. The nurse works in one of the uh, uh, emergency rooms and is married to another nurse who works at a different ER. Fox News. She told me that they're both desperate for supplies already and they're having to reuse masks, she said. Henning donated what she could, including the isolation that she typically uses for sterilizing her body art equipment. The nurses don't need that, they said, but, but Henning let them know that she had them anyway if the time comes. The, the nurse spent an entire day picking up donated supplies on the afternoon in an outdoor parking lot standing six feet apart. Drop the box. Step away. After she uh, discovered some extra supplies lying around, Henning planned to call the nurse if it might be of use. She said that the fact that she felt she needed to do, do so left her unsettled. I didn't really think that they were going to be so short on masks and protective equipment at this point in time, Henning said. Henning has since spent her time. Why am I saying Henning so much? Henning has since. Ah, Henning has since spent her time trying to spread the word to other shops, tattoo and otherwise, not just in Birmingham, but around the country, and it seems to be catching on. Whiteland, Indiana, took to Facebook to give a big shout out to Angels and Demon Tattoo for dropping off a case of gloves for our offices. That's cool. Americans are the best. Mel Newman, shop manager for the Mighty Horseman Tattoo Company in Westchester County, New York. Uh, had been working from home without a paycheck despite offers from the shop owner when she received a voicemail from a local EMT paramedic in desperate need of supplies. He was he was trying to call around to tattoo shops to see if we could donate gloves or masks because they were so dangerously low and not even as bad as, as it's going to get, Newman said. She donated hundreds of pairs of gloves from her shop as quickly as she could. She wished she could have more to spare, uh, she explained, but businesses have been business has been slow even before the shop had closed. That's sad. Here's the point. Here's the point of this. Is that you don't need to nationalize everything in the government. People are like, well, why isn't Trump being an authoritarian? Why isn't he taking control of the government and nationalizing everything? Because you don't need to. The support businesses are the support system. Your community is the support system. Your churches are the support system. Okay? It's a national crisis. It's a worldwide do you expect Americans not to be working together towards the same goals? How new are you to America? 
P.S. Ron Atkinson isn't funny. All right. Got, a, got a couple, what, two more stories? Yeah. Two more stories. This is what's great. I mean, it's sad that it's a tragic time right now. People are dying and so forth. But it is a worldwide emergency. And it just seems to me over the last couple of weeks, I've been finding more and more positive stories in the news that I like talking about. And I'm just like half, half the stories are positive today. Usually it's just, I just get one or two. One or two. Oklahoma megachurch hosts epic drive grocery giveaway in response to coronavirus outbreak. Megachurch in Oklahoma figured out a creative way to give thousands of people groceries and, in per and an in-person way to worship amid strict bans on gathering to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Authority, the lead pastor of the 13,000 member uh, Victory Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, has preached to thousands before, but when he spoke to a thousand cars and heard horns honking in response, he was moved to tears. <laughs> this is awesome. We told uh, we told people that if you want to give your life to Christ, just put your headlines on. <laughs> Jesus, see my hazard lights. <laughs> Many put their lights on. He told Fox News. Uh, forced to close their doors, and his staff came up with this uh, idea to rent a drive-in for a, for a service, uh, but then decided to host one at their church. Ooh, Corey. Corrigants, <laughs> I mean congregants, <laughs> drove into the church parking lot, but stayed in their cars, still following the center, the CDC control uh, prevention guidelines. The church's outreach arm, the Tulsa Treatment Center, partnered with food banks in the city and handed out groceries to anyone who needed them. So far, they've given more than 10,000 people groceries, toilet paper, and other essentials after services. Quote, we told everyone, you're going to get help and you're going to get hope, he said. For Victory's uh, first Saturday night service, roughly a thousand cars showed up. The 34-year-old pastor was on a scissor lift 30 feet in the air in the middle of the parking lot, and the band set up on the roof of the church. <laughs> That's awesome. Quote, it was crazy, daughter, you recall. It was strange. I can't hear their voices. But when I said something and I heard honk, horns honking, I started crying because it just reminded me that people are just desperate to hear the, hear the hope of the gospel. Uh, the sermon and worship were played locally on a local FM radio station uh, for the 15,000 people in their cars, live streamed online for over 120,000 people at home. Miracles of technology, the human spirit doesn't die, ladies and gentlemen. God bless these people. Uh, since the drive-in service inception, uh, the church has launched a delivery program for doctors and nurses' families in the city. Quote, a lot of people are coming to receive the groceries, they are in tears getting laid off from work and saying, thank you for not limiting who you give to. He said, wow, that's deep. I had one, and they were also tearing up, receiving them from their neighbor, one who was laid off and had an elderly neighbor. It was just kind of cool to hear how these stories, and how they're coming. It's catching. They're paying it forward. Doherty said, he is not trying to rebel against authority like some other church. Prior to starting the service, he called the city's mayor, Police Chief uh, and Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, who all thanked him and gave him permission to hold the services, which the church plans to continue on Wednesday night. 
quote, preaching to a parking lot or inside a building, even though it's totally different, is about that person in the car getting love and encouragement. Other congregations across the state have done similar services as well as drive-thru confession. <laughs> Americans are the best. We'll find a way. We're not cold and impersonal. Well, not super cold and impersonal. Just because we don't like Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, I got about eight minutes left till seven. So, but we got one more story. So, speeding doctor gets coronavirus mask from Minnesota trooper, not a ticket. Um, a doctor caught speeding by a Minnesota state trooper was issued five brand new N95 masks, not a ticket. Quote, I burst into tears. Forgive me, doctor. I burst into tears, said Dr. Sharosh Ashraf Janjua. Forgive me. She wrote on Facebook, according to the uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune. Uh, the doctor, cardiologist, was headed to Minneapolis after getting off work at Essentia Health in Duluth on March 21st when she was pulled over, the paper reported Monday. Doctors and nurses at U.S. hospitals treating coronavirus patients have reported a shortage of N95 masks, making them a priceless commodity. This, this, this is a quote. Uh, this complete stranger who owed me nothing and is more on the front lines than I am, shared his precious mask with me without my even asking, she wrote. Uh, the veil of civilization may be thin, but not all that lies behind it is savage. We are going to be okay. I'm going to read that quote again from this doctor. The veil of civilization may be thin, but not all that lies behind it is savage. We are going to be okay. Isn't that amazing? Humans are strange and amazing creatures. A lot of us are stupid, but there's some people. There's some people. Uh, Trooper Brian Schwartz stopped her for going 85 miles an hour in a 70 mile an hour zone. Uh, he was issued N95s as protection for himself from the coronavirus, the paper reported, Star Tribune. His mass donation to the doctor also came with a warning not to speed. Uh, just FYI. <laughs> he pulled her over, found out she was a doctor, and then get, say, instead of giving me a ticket, I'm going to give you a mask. That's more important. I mean, a doctor going to 85, it's dangerous, sure, but it's a doctor. Anyway, tro Trooper Schwartz said he noticed what appeared to be used N95 mask in her purse uh, that he assumed she was reusing. Lieutenant Gordon Shank told the paper. Trooper Schwartz said that he heard, uh, he heard that there was a shortage of personal protective equipment and thought the doctor could use the extra mask. Shank said Schwartz, woo, tongue twister. Shank said Schwartz and his fellow troopers, quote, are working hard during the pandemic and are thinking about all of the first responders who are caring for Minnesotan, 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 Minnesotan during this critical time. Never been. I heard it sucked. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> you're obviously great. It's not like you're Wyoming. So, uh, yeah, that's all the news stories I got for you. But here, here's the point: is that you know, people want to say, you know, we should 
you know, take the government should take control of these companies and force them to make ventilators and masks and gowns and shit like that. But the co the companies do that anyway. The companies have done that anyway. That's free capitalism. That's a free market for you. All of a sudden, everyone hears is like, oh, masks and toilet paper high in demand. I'm getting in the toilet paper business. That's that's how a free economy works. People look at these empty shelves. They're taking pictures of these empty shelves in stores. It's like, see, this is what this is what like capitalism is like in emergency. I like how Ben Shapiro flipped it and said, "Yeah, but that's how communism looks all the time." <laughs> and that's the truth. That's the truth about how great America is. That's the truth about how great capitalism is. That's truth. It's the truth about how great Americans are. You have your friends. You have your family. You have your social support network. You have your uh, church support networks. You have your we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. I talk. I mean, I do the news. I do the news worth knowing every week, and it's, it's because it's news. It's like there's no way we can not talk about COVID nineteen. It's on everyone's lips. Lips. It's just like Tiger King. How can you not talk about Tiger King when it's on everyone's lips? Okay, so we got about three minutes to seven o'clock. Are, are you there? Okay. Have I lost you? Have I been just talking to myself for the last four minutes or what? Oh, I'm gonna burn my laptop. You there, EK? Yeah. Probably been talking to myself the last 40 minutes. Okay, buddy. So, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and end it a couple minutes early. It's no big deal. Uh, you ready? Thanks for listening. Go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. You get access to all of our content. If you don't want to do that, you can go see videos for free over at Shock Monkey Radio on YouTube. Search for Shock Monkey Radio on YouTube. And um, yeah, that's, that's our show. That's Shock Monkey Radio for today. Um, we'll see you in April. I'm the Madman, and I love you. <laughs>